0: This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, License Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Sneddon. I am Nancy Sneddon. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, does money buy happiness? Well, I can almost hear you out there replying a resounding yes. Well, research shows it really depends. So joining me now to discuss the research is well-known Canadian money expert, charter professional accountant, sought-after keynote speaker, and award-winning, best-selling author of The Wisest Investment, Teaching Your Kids to be Responsible, Independent, and Money Smart for Life. Robin Toe, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Nancy. It's so great to to have you back on the show, Robin. You always have such great insights for our listeners. But before we get into today's topic, wondering for those who aren't Mm -hmm. familiar with you or maybe haven't heard you when you've been on before, can you share with
2: them a little bit about yourself? Sure. So as you mentioned at the beginning, I am a chartered professional accountant by training, but uh, I haven't practiced in a long time. I did start my career off at some of the big accounting firms, like KPMG and EY, and from there I transitioned to uh, the the world of real estate and then... I worked on the trading floor at Citibank Canada in derivatives marketing. But for the last 20 or so years, I've been working in the area of financial literacy and specifically focusing on youth financial literacy. So I've written this book called The Wisest Investment, and the subtitle really says it all. I'm trying to help uh, parents, grandparents, financial advisors, wealth managers, really anyone who cares about the young people in their lives. I'm trying to help them teach the next generation to be responsible, independent, and money smart for life. Yeah, it's so important, right? That we um, mm-hmm. you know talk to
1: our our kids whether it's in the classroom, whether it's your own kids, you know, your relatives, like just really giving them those important insights, right? That are gonna help them be smart with their money and their investment decisions and all the things that will set them up for success. Well, I think we have an interesting right. question today, right? We've got the focus on does money buy happiness? And as I mentioned in the opening, I have no doubt that the majority of our listeners are probably saying yes, money would buy me more and more happiness. But research shows that it's not always the case. So the correlation between money and being happy has been the focus of research for decades. And while the study we're focusing on today has been conducted stateside, it's a universal uh, thing, I think. So because, let's face it, most people believe money can buy happiness. But Robin, why do you believe
2: so many think this way? I think that people feel that if they only had more money or enough money, that all their problems would go away. People equate having money with solving their problems. And in, in some cases, that's probably true. Um, unfortunately, there are people who are struggling to make ends meet and you know, to get through each month before the money runs out. So I think in that case, that's absolutely true. But the previous research has shown that um, once you made around $75,000 a year, your level of happiness plateaued, and it was assumed that once you had covered your basic needs, that making or having more money didn't really make you happier. But this new research has has debunked some of that, and I think that's what we're going to be focusing on today. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We're, we're looking at some research that was done through Princeton University and the University of Pennsylvania, and that more money was associated with higher happiness, but to somewhat varying degrees, like as you've mentioned. So the research shows that for most people, larger incomes are associated with greater happiness. So it would make sense, like you're saying, right, to, that, you know, for low income families struggling to get by, an increase in income would certainly make life easier for them. But does easier equate to being happier? Well,
2: that's that's the the crux of it. So what they found was that um, for people making it doesn't plateau anymore at seventy five thousand. Now they're showing that greater levels of income are associated with higher levels of happiness. And happiness is defined as feeling better day to day and also more satisfied with life overall. So. I think that for families who are struggling, if suddenly they were making more money, I think it would ease some of the stress that they're under and lead to them being happier, meaning, you know, feeling better day to day and more satisfied with life overall.
1: Yeah, and I guess if you're having less stress due to finances... Uh, you know, mm-hmm. stress is going to take away from happiness. So less stress, you could equate that, you know, you are more like satisfied more and happier, I guess, as a, a result, um, a, a result in life. So I guess as with most things, there's always an exception, right? And the same is proven with this, with this research. It shows that there are many financially well-off people who are in fact not happy. And I'm sure if listeners really think about it, you know, they have friends or know someone who's financially secure, do not need to stress mm-hmm. about their finances and, and have have enough money to live comfortably, but they don't wouldn't necessarily see them as being happy, right? In fact they're looking and saying, you know, they're not really happy. So can you speak to us a little bit, Robin, based on
2: the findings of the research? Right. So the research looked at different groups and their happiness levels. And so for the least happy group, their happiness rose, uh, it rises with income until around 100,000. And then it showed no further increase as their income grew. And so that might be these people that, for example, have a lot of money, but they're just not happy and we'll we'll get into why that is in a minute for those in the middle range of happy of emotional well-being happiness did increase linear linearly with their income so that means like as their income went up their happiness levels went up and for those that rated themselves as as happiest so those in the happiest group then the association or connection between money and happiness actually accelerated over 100. So I think what this is telling us is that the money itself doesn't necessarily equate to happiness or feeling good or feeling satisfied or fulfilled. That There are other things that are just as important. So money is not the only factor that influences happiness. In fact, there are more important factors such as social relationships and connections. Those are actually the most important factors. Yeah. And that, that
1: kind of makes sense to me, right? I mean, you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have friends and family that you're connecting with, mm-hmm. that you're, you know, experiencing life with the money on its own is not going to, to create happiness for you. So Robin, I mean, you're dealing with people all the time, right? You have many experiences mm-hmm. with people. So with the conversations that you have, I guess, and, and the people that you're interacting with, would you say that mm-hmm. the findings of the study are reflective from what you've witnessed?
2: From what I've witnessed and from you know research that's been done and that shows that people need purpose. So everybody needs a why. A a sense of purpose and without that sense of purpose uh, life can feel meaningless or unfulfilling and what I've seen in my work is that when people are aware of what their values are they're strongly connected to their personal values then everything has purpose including money so Nancy by values what I'm talking about is the things in life that are most important to you that you're willing to take stand for and you know you just said friends and family for some people having those kind of connections is a very strong value and again those are the kinds of connections that bring happiness to people's lives but you know other people value security or um, adventure or health so being connected to your values and living your values those That's the kind of thing that, um, rather than money, gives people a sense of purpose and then a sense of fulfillment and happiness. Yeah, that makes a lot of
1: sense to me. So I know there are likely listeners out there who are saying, no way, if I had money, I could buy my way to happiness, but would they truly be happy? Well, we're going to talk more about that as well. Later in the show, we're going to discuss how you can take the findings of the research and use them to your advantage. All that when your money returns, please stay with us.
0: Start your day off right. Get the latest updates on news, traffic, and weather conditions, plus interviews with today's newsmakers, your go-to source before you get on the go, 530 to 9 a.m. weekdays, your VOCM mornings.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Robin Tope She's a charter professional accountant, software keynote speaker, and award-winning author. And we're talking about a recent study today that focuses on the correlation between money and happiness. It's a debate that's decades old. And as you've heard, researchers from Penn and Princeton Universities did find an association between larger incomes and greater happiness for most people. And that both a happy majority and an unhappy minority do in fact exist. So for the former, the research suggests that happiness keeps rising as more money comes in and the latter's happiness improves as income rises, but only up to a certain income threshold. So Robin, as we discussed, there are many who believe money does not equate to happiness and some will even say, if I had money I could buy my happiness. But are they really buying happiness? We know some people when they're feeling down will go shopping and shopping will lift your mood right we've talked about you know retail therapy for example on the show in the past and and that can be Mm -hmm. at least a temporary lift right in in how you're feeling but impulse buying can also hurt your wallet and of course your financial well-being so let's talk a little bit more about that what's your advice for our listeners who believe that they can buy happiness And, and what should they understand about this because the high that you're experiencing from the moment of
2: instant gratification really doesn't last no, it doesn't. It is a temporary feeling um, because although we're excited when we're about to buy something new, those new things lose their appeal rather quickly when we realize that there are newer and better things available. So that you know that feeling of instant gratification, it's fleeting. Rather, though, we can use money to buy happiness. In three different ways. So first of all, if we use it to buy experiences over stuff, so... Doing things with people that you, you whose company you enjoy and who enjoy who you enjoy connecting with. So going to a concert or traveling or going on a hike outside, even or walk with a friend. Those are experiences that can bring you happiness. Spending money on other people will also buy happiness, and that might mean um, buying a present or gift for someone that you love or treating someone to an experience like a con- concert or a day on the town or even giving to charities and giving back in your community and then the third way that you can buy happiness is to spend money on things that will buy you time so if time is also a very precious resource and most of us feel like we don't have enough time to do the things that we want to do the things that give us purpose and are fulfilling because we have so many other you know chores and and things that we have to do to just keep our lives moving along so if you can um, pay someone to help with some of those chores or errands to free up your time that can also make you happy Yeah, that's so true. I mean, there's things
1: that, you know, it's not that you can't do, but your time is limited, right? So you want to spend your time on the Mm -hmm. things that are bringing you joy, are bringing you happiness. So to the extent that you can afford to have someone do some of those things um, for Mm -hmm. you, then it does free up your time to do the things that are going to bring you joy and happiness. So that, that makes a lot of sense. So as you mentioned, those who are thinking they can buy their way to happiness, you should be aware that this thinking really can lead to financial challenges and struggles, and this can certainly make you unhappy and even stressed, right? I see it all the time in my Mm -hmm. my practice where people are um, very stressed, right, about their financial um, problems or financial issues. So what should listeners keep in mind when it comes to money spending and trying to buy happiness?
2: As you say, a lot of times when we... we, um, Don't control those impulses for instant gratification. We end up with that surprise or that sinking feeling when you open up your your credit card statement and you see that, yes, in fact, you did spend real money and now you owe it on your credit card. So it's, you know trying to feel good in the moment with a, with a purchase, but then if you do that repeatedly and you can't afford it, it does add up and can, can lead to financial stress because you do, in fact, have to pay the bill eventually. So as I mentioned earlier, I think values are a really key piece in all this because they can act as an invisible framework to help guide and, and prioritize financial decisions. So I think what listeners should keep in mind when it comes to money are, what are my values? What are my top three or five values? And am I spending my money in line with those values? If your value is security and you want to buy, let's say, a home, and instead you find yourself spending money on... On things that are not getting you towards that goal, then that creates a sense of, of dissonance, and um, rather than that sense of alignment that you get when you are living and spending your money in line with your values. So I would say keep keep your values top of mind. Yeah, and try to stay away, I guess, from that uh,
1: impulse buying, right, or that instant sort of yeah. gratification stuff that can get you into trouble. And I see that. Um, Mm -hmm. I can see that happening more and more now where you have, um, you know, everything and anything is available online and people are scrolling in online all the time. There's ads popping up in their social media all the time. Mm -hmm. There's ads popping up following them, right, as they create these cookies and so on Mm -hmm. um, in their internet searches. And now when you have all these buy now, pay later or equal installment payments and all these things, right, that are available to people that make it seem like it's a good idea or make it seem like It's going to be easier for them uh, to afford these things. But all of these things, to your point, add up, right? And even though you're agreeing to a monthly payment as opposed to an upfront cost, if you're using Mm -hmm. your credit card on that and you're not paying it off um, every month, there's interest, right, that accrues on top of that. And and before you know it, you've gotten yourself uh, into trouble. So it is important, right, to keep all these things in mind and really being more thoughtful as opposed to impulse uh, driven when it comes to, to this level of spending
2: I don't want to make it sound easy though because we do live in a world that stresses instant gratification and consumption and we are bombarded with with ads whether it's traditional advertising or you know on social media that makes it seem like our our wants are actually needs and that we deserve all this stuff and so we're constantly fighting these forces And it it is really hard, but I think if you, um, if you keep your values in mind and you're clear about what they are, it can help, you know, fight against those forces. I think, you know, simple things too, like maybe take, excuse me taking some of these um, tools or apps off of your phone that make it easy to spend. Uh, spending is so frictionless right now. It's so easy just to tap and, and it doesn't feel like you're spending real money because you're not handing over cash. You don't have that visceral pain of loss. So just maybe taking some of those things off your phone, unsubscribing to shopping newsletters, just taking as many of those temptations away that as you have control over. Yeah, I think that's some really great advice. I mean, we know right
1: now there's a lot of economic uncertainty, right? High inflation, rising mm-hmm. interest rates. We just had another interest rate increase, um, which is meant to, to try to curb spending habits. And we know Canadians are really concerned right now about their financial well-being, and many mm-hmm. are feeling, you know, burdened and, and feeling a lot of stress. And in fact, according to mm-hmm. the 2023 Financial Planning Canada Financial Stress Index, money is the leading stressor for Canadians right now, and even more so than personal health, which was at 20 relationships at 17%, and work at 16%. And this marks the sixth straight year that money tops the list. So what's Mm -hmm. also concerning, I think, about this survey is that it shows that financial-related stress has negatively impacted over half of the Canadian population, including many here in Newfoundland and Labrador. So more Canadians Mm -hmm. at 48% are losing sleep over money this year compared to last year, and one in three at 36% are experiencing Mental health challenges such as anxiety or depression related to financial Mm stress. So, Robin, what's your response to this survey? And I guess what are your thoughts on the current economic uncertainty?
2: So, as you mentioned, more you know, almost half of Canadians have lost sleep over money worries. But money worries can lead to other physical health problems like high blood pressure, and heart disease. And as you mentioned, mental health challenges like depression and anxiety. And did you know, Nancy, that um, depression and anxiety can even make you more vulnerable to fraud? Yeah, I'm not That's surprised really, by that. Yeah, that, that, that is scary because it makes sense, right? People are under stress. They're not thinking clearly sometimes. And there's so many creative scams and frauds out there now. And especially, I'm, you know, I'm hearing about things with AI and they can, image, they can um, mimic your voice quite accurately. So, you know, there's so many things. You have to always be on your, your guard. Um, and then in terms of, of the economic climate that you're in, as you said, yes, right now, Um, Interest rates are at extremely high levels compared to recent history. Um, We've just come out of a period of really high inflation. Some prices, especially for services, are still really sticky, and they're still very high. So people are really feeling it in terms of their budgets and you know if your income hasn't kept pace with inflation it's become much more difficult to make ends meet and that i think is why we're seeing these these numbers from the financial planning canada financial stress index being at their highest levels and it doesn't surprise me that money uh money stress is at levels double those for even you know worries over your health so we are living in, in in a challenging time and this is coming out of the pandemic which was also a challenging time for people, uh, you know, on the income side. So. You know, it is really difficult. I think, you know, if you are struggling, you may want to reach out to a financial advisor or an advisor such as yourself to help you perhaps get some of these debts under control. Um, You know, if you do have variable rate um, debt, like a mortgage, your payments are going up and that money has got to come from somewhere. So it's just been a very challenging time. Like we're getting hit from sort of all different 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 sides. Yeah, and I've seen so many surveys uh, and pieces
1: of data lately, Robin, that point to people, you know, taking out more credit, right, as a Band-Aid to to supplement their income. Yeah. It just becomes a snowball effect, right? Or, you know, taking out credit and using additional credit to pay their current credit card bills and so on. And I know. It's just, I think it seems like the right thing to do and something that will help fix the situation. But in fact, in the long run, often uh, creates more stress because now you have more debt. And although you're making your monthly Payments—the total that you're always actually getting bigger and not uh, smaller, right? So I think, you know, to your point, yeah. reaching out and getting some advice, whether or not you follow through to to do. Um, you know one particular thing or another it's Im- important just to know what the options are and what is the best way forward uh, for you and your family when it comes to those things right to try to reduce that stress right. because you know like you said stress can lead to physical um, issues mental health issues but also relationships um, right we can, you oh, can yeah. cause the right. uh, stress and strain in your relationship when you have stress about uh, finances as well so it really is uh, a bit of a snowball effect and trickle down effect and how it can impact your life.
2: And you know, there's no doubt in today's world. Oh, sorry, go ahead. But yeah, it can become a bit of a vicious cycle, too, because if your health suffers, then you may not be able to work to the best of your ability, and you know, and then that will, again, impact your ability to pay your bills. You may have more bills than, than usual, so it's just um, like a snowball or a vicious cycle. And then just one other thing, Nancy, to what you said earlier, like try and avoid some of these temptations to use buy-now-pay-later plans to spread your payments out, because it just you're just kind of kicking the can down the road you still owe that money you're just spreading it out and if you keep doing it you never get off that that cycle or that treadmill No, Absolutely.
1: Well, we've been talking about money buying happiness and sometimes people, when you look at their socials, it looks like they're really happy. Are they really happy is the question. So we're going to talk about the pressure of social media and the trying to keep up with the Joneses uh, when we come back. Please stay with
0: us. Get lost in the music of legendary artists like Elton John, the Beatles and more. Join Claudette Barnes every Sunday from 12 to 1 p.m. and relive fond memories through the power of music with Sunday Melodies on your VOCM.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money with Nancy Sneddon. I am Nancy Sneddon. Thanks so much for tuning in today. My guest today is Robin Tobe. She's a chartered professional accountant, sought-after keynote speaker, and award-winning author. And we've been discussing the recent research that focuses on the correlation between money and happiness. And as we've discussed, it really is a debate. So we know in this more recent decade, the perception that money can buy happiness has probably never been more prevalent. And after all, those social media posts don't lie right people are posting about all the great things that are making them happy that the the money is buying them so is it it's important for us to look at this though you know how happy is everyone you know shopping eating out spending all the money robin let's talk about the influence i guess of these socials Mm -hmm. and, and when it comes to the assumptions that so many are making regarding money and happiness
2: right so remember that it's everybody's highlight reel what you're seeing on social media is just the curated photoshopped airbrush highlights it's not real life so um it might look lovely and wonderful and it, it's supposed to trigger that fomo feeling that fear of missing out um but it isn't real uh unfortunately though it does it does make us feel like um, We have to keep up with the Joneses. We have to keep up, um, keep living our best lives online so that we have things to post on social media. And of course, that costs money. And what's interesting is that our minds uh, automatically make upward social comparisons. So we compare ourselves negatively with people who have more. Whereas our minds don't naturally make downward social comparisons, wherein we would look at somebody who has less than what we do and feel grateful for what we have. It's just not the way it works. So we do tend to feel like we're not keeping up. And then again, you know, instant gratification and consumption, you're on social media, you see an ad and You know, built right into that platform is the ability to buy whatever it is they're advertising That's social commerce. So there's no friction, there's nothing to stop you. It's all just too easy. Next thing you know, you're spending money.
1: Yeah, and it really has an impact on the overall financial well-being, which, again, like we talked about, has a trickle-down effect. You know, I saw an ad mm-hmm. um, this weekend, and one of the, the highlights in the ad, like the, I guess the information that popped up on the screen, was that three in five kids are impacted negatively, like their mental health is net, impacted mm-hmm. negatively by social media. And I thought to myself, my gosh, like three in five, like that is such a high number, but I think it would... It, I wouldn't be surprised if that number was similar when it comes to the impact on people's spending or their own mental health when they're looking at the things that people are doing um, in social media, right? From from an adult perspective, not just from a child's perspective.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure it's not just kids whose mental health suffers from being on social media all the time, feeling left out, feeling not as good as, uh, feeling like you're not enough or you don't have enough. Um, I guess kids are more impressionable in terms of like their brain development, but certainly adults suffer from those same feelings as well. And as you know, the apps are built to keep you on, to, to keep you keep your eyeballs on so they can keep you know showing you as and all this so you're fighting against a lot of of forces and you have to have a lot of discipline in order to stay away from that stuff. No, absolutely. And it it does mean
1: discipline. And that's, you know, sometimes easier said than done. But for listeners out there, Robin, who are looking for happiness, but, you know, they don't have the money or means to keep up with what they think is happening with their friends and family due to social media. What's Mm -hmm. your advice? What should they be aware of, I guess, or keep in mind when it comes to following influencers on social media?
2: Right. So. Not everyone has the same budget, but there are still going to be things that you can do within your budget that are going to make you happy. And going back to what we talked about in the first couple of segments, so that social relationships and connections, you know, spending money on um, experiences over stuff, spending money on others, giving back in your community. I mean, that is a huge uh, thing that people sometimes forget about is is you know philanthropy and giving back it's so important because often when you, you volunteer or you give back, you, you end up getting more than you give. There's so many rewards that come with doing something like that that you that you feel passionate about. And then also using your money to, to save time. So You know, try not to get sucked into everybody's highlight reel. Spend time with the people that you feel good with. Not everything has to be expensive. Um, You know, as I said, going for a walk, going for a hike, those are things that are free and they can be really meaningful. And then when you do spend money, make sure it's something that is really meaningful to you. So if you are going to spend, you know, maybe save up and spend money on that one concert or that one movie that you're really, really dying to to see or do yeah and i just being you know thoughtful and smart about it and I think you know in some cases taking
1: a vacation from social media can can be very impactful right to 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 people's happiness right and if if they're finding that they are getting sucked into to some of those highlight reels and wishing that you know they could do x y and and z and and maybe they don't have the means to to do that and Mm -hmm. something I often say to my clients too when when they bring that up to me you know I look at my neighbor and they have all the toys and they are they are always going on trips and you know i just can't do that or i just can't provide that for my family now so you know mm-hmm. looks can be deceiving right they may not own any mm-hmm. of them they they may have more debt than you because of all the trips that they're taking <laughs> right so don't don't look at something and think you know what that that person's situation is because it may be or it may, it may not be right and you just need to to look at your your own means and what you can do and the happiness that you can provide uh, for yourself and your family doing different things um, right within the means that, that you currently have right
2: you you can't know where what someone else's sources of income are or aren't. So, as you said, you're better off just focusing on yourself and being more mindful of your own values and your own spending. And I think when you bring more awareness to your spending, and I'm sure you advise your clients to Nancy like by tracking it and being aware of you know where your money's actually going, that type of approach is a lot more um, productive than looking at what other people have and do. Yeah, absolutely. And and thinking,
1: you know, doing use I guess the online um, yes, tracking tools. use use yeah, and and there's so many different apps out there now that will help you with that, right? And you can also use the internet for research on things that you can be doing that that are low cost if you're struggling to sort of come up with activities. And you know, there's all kinds of information out there that can be productive use um, of your time as opposed to you know you know adding to that sort of mental uh, stress or, or anxiety. So mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I I, spend, I I had such a great uh, time this weekend with our friend and um, two of them really like to cook, so they, they did a... a, a pulled pork cook off right and so we just went to one of their Mm -hmm. houses and and we had lots of uh, great barbecue (laughs) and made you know a bit of a fun uh, contest right out of who could do the best um, pulled pork and I can tell you that a fraction of the cost is if if we had all gone out to to dinner and I'd say we had twice as much fun as if we had all gone and spent more money going out to dinner right so it's just looking for those uh, those things that you can do to to add happiness to your life within in, you know a budget that's a, that's affordable for you
2: that's a great example i like doing that too i like entertaining at home because you don't feel rushed you can do it on your own patio your own backyard uh you know and as you said the food costs and the drink costs are like a, a fraction of what it would what what it would be if you were in a restaurant and it's just so much more relaxing i love that yeah, it's so it's so much fun.
1: So while research does indicate that money can lead to happiness, to a certain point, regardless of your financial wealth, there are lessons we can all learn from this research. So we're going to talk about that a bit when we come back. Please stay with us.
0: Start your day off right. Get the latest updates on news, traffic, and weather conditions, plus interviews with today's newsmakers, your go-to source before you get on the go. 5.30 to 9 a.m. weekdays, your VOCM mornings.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to your money here on BLCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Robin Tope. She's a chartered professional accountant, sought after speaker and award-winning author. So we've been talking about the recent research by Princeton University and the University of Pennsylvania. And it shows that money is associated with higher happiness. But what is important to remember is that it's only somewhat and only to varying degrees. But I think the great thing about the research, Robin, is that it allows us to to think, right, to evaluate, and sometimes learn new lessons. So, based on the findings mm-hmm. of the research, what lessons do you feel we can learn, and how do we use this
2: study to our advantage? It's a great opportunity to think about that connection between, um, you know, purpose and values and passions and happiness and fulfillment. And, um, you know, just even for, for the younger people that are listening to this, You you know, you have your whole working lives ahead of you and you want to, you want to choose something um, that gives you that sense of purpose. You want to have a why behind what you choose to do. And you also want to keep in mind that the, that the education that you get and the profession or vocation that you choose is going to uh, let you earn a certain living. Uh, it's, you know, there's a connection there between the jobs that you that you do and the money that you can make. And as we've just heard, money definitely can help. It can smooth the way, and especially up to you know certain levels, maybe it's a hundred thousand. It really can make a difference between being content and struggling. So just I think it's a great reminder to keep keep all those things in mind uh, when making some of these decisions early on in life. And even for, um, you know, for those of us who already have our careers to remember that. Money is not the number one factor in determining happiness or fulfillment, That there's other factors that are more important, such as social connections and relationships. And, you know, maybe just taking a step back and, and as we mentioned earlier, um, thinking about what you do have and gratitude and being grateful for that.
1: Yeah, I think you know living through gratitude is so important. And you know, uh, a friend of mine preaches that regularly. Right, having your daily gratitude. Right, what are what are you grateful for Mm -hmm. today? And just having that you know practice of thinking about something, writing it Mm -hmm. down, or speaking it, or or however you have you know maybe you have a gratitude journal. It really does set your mind Mm up in that positive outlook. If you're thinking about what's the one thing today that I'm uh, grateful for. So I, I really that and that doesn't cost a thing
2: right (laughs) exactly and it's a practice like you said and and it takes practice until it becomes habit and that's what we want it to be we want to be in the habit of being grateful uh and aware and appreciate what we have as opposed to having that mindset of FOMO and it's never enough and I you know I've got this but now I want that so it's just a total shift in mindset Absolutely. And I think it's also really important
1: that people do think about their values, right? What is important to them? And you Mm -hmm. talked a lot about this in one of the earlier segments. And I think that this can really guide them to happiness, right? If they're fulfilled uh, because they're doing things, spending money on the things that are actually meaningful and and correlate to their values, it will make a difference. And you actually offer Mm -hmm. a values validator on your website. So can you tell us a little bit about this and, and what was
2: the inspiration behind it? I do. And it's, um, it's available on my website, robintobe.com. And the reason, I mean, I, I, I've always felt that values are a really important and sometimes overlooked part of personal finance. And as as we've discussed, it's it's about what's really important to you, what you're willing to take a stand for. And you can use your values as an invisible framework to help guide and prioritize financial decisions and set meaningful goals. So what I did was I created an exercise. It's in the book, The Wisest Investment as well, but you can get it for free on robintobe.com. And it's um, 20, uh, I guess it's statements, Uh, that correlate to 20 different values and you rank them from 1 to 10 with 10 being the highest and 0 being the lowest. And then... You know, some, you know, you decide what which ones are not so important, which are somewhat, which are quite important, which ones are very important, and then you end up with your top five values. And then you can use those um, on a goal-setting worksheet that I also have, and that can help you, as I said, set goals that are that are meaningful, that are aligned to your values, and that you'll be motivated to achieve. Have you had people who've been
1: surprised, uh, Robin, in, in doing some uh, of this work on validating their values and using it
2: then in goal setting? yes especially if they've never done an exercise like that before it's really powerful the first time you do a values exercise and I think some people have an inkling of what their values are and they kind of know what's important to them and their family but it's different to actually sit down and do the exercise and then what what is also very interesting is if you get your your spouse or your partner or your children to do the exercise too and see how your values overlap because you, you know many many parents or grandparents want the you know their next generations to have the same values to for the family to share values but sometimes you'd be surprised your kids may have different personalities they may they may value things that are slightly different from what you do and that might be causing some friction and it's when you unearth these things that you can actually see on paper what they are and start using those to be more productive yeah, I love that. And then it helps you even plan,
1: I think, uh, with your family, right? If you, you know, you have a certain budget mm-hmm. that you're using for, you know, family outings or, um, you know, events or trips or, or, or whatever the case may be, by going through this exercise and seeing, you know, what is valuable and what is important to all the members of the family, it, it can help them, right, in sort of planning this stuff and making sure that, you know, you're utilizing the budget that you have for these family. Good. Uh, outings or events in a way that's
2: meaningful right yes because you know even within a family someone might value adventure and someone else might value security and those are going to be at odds in terms of the goals that you're setting and the way you spend your money so it's very important to to do the exercise to get clear and then to have productive conversations around okay so you know what does this mean and how do we compromise here and uh you know how do we make sure that everybody's uh, values are being honored, and and you know that their important goals are, are priorities. Oh, I love that. Some
1: really great advice today. Really interesting topic, I think, Robin. But we do have some time now for some final mm-hmm.
2: thoughts. So, if you could leave our listeners with a final piece of advice today, what would it be? Values, values, values. Keep your values <laughs> top of mind. <laughs> you know, to, again, uh, because when you live your values, everything has meaning, including money. That would really be my last, my you know, my last piece of advice. And you know, if you haven't done it, do the values exercise. Try the one on my website, on com. The values validator is free, and I think you'll find it very uh, insightful. Yeah, that's great. I really love that. And like you said, a lot of people may
1: think they know what's valuable to them, but mm-hmm. it can be enlightening sometimes, right, to go through the exercise. And and maybe there's things that um, you know you never thought of that you go, oh yeah like i actually do really value that that more than than this and so on and it's a great way to make sure that you are you know you Maybe not buying happiness, but you're utilizing your money in ways that are going to make you happy or you're engaging in activities, mm-hmm. whether they cost money or not, that are actually building on, on that happiness for you. So I really, really like that. So, again, mm-hmm. if you want to just remind our listeners, Robin, if they wanted to follow you on socials, if they're looking to connect with you to learn more about um, this survey or, you know, your book, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: So the best way is go to robintobe.com, and that's R-O-B-I-N-T-A-U-B.com. Uh, there you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can do the Values Validator. And you can also um, see where I am on social media, most active on LinkedIn, again, Robin Tobe. And you can also find links to order the book uh, through Amazon. I also do have a website for the book called The Wisest Investment dot com. And I actually have a different uh, free exercise on that that website. It's a financial role model self-assessment. It's a topic for another day. Um, but uh, if you're curious about that, head over to the wisestinvestment.com. There's obviously links there as well to buy the book. Great. Thanks again for joining me today.
1: Thanks, Nancy. And for our listeners out there, if you want to reach out, um, you know, you have a topic that you'd like me to discuss here on Your Money or you have a comment or question, just email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or give me a call at 800-563-8337. I always love to hear from you. Until next week, I'm Nancy Sneddon. Stay safe and be well, everyone.
0: If you have a question or comment, send an email to bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Sneddon of BDO. License insult. And see trustees on your VOCM.